This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sallerson here in our nation's capital as the Pelicans get set to take on the Washington Wizards tonight at 6 p.m. Central. Hope all is well as the Pelicans looking for two in a row tonight. Their second win in a row against the East on the road. So hopefully the Pelicans can have a nice little 2-0 road trip and then head home. And uh, after AD's performance on Sunday, man, something to talk about here on this Tuesday of course, though, with uh, the short week last week, Anthony Davis will not be able to win Player of the Week, as he probably would have if there was a full week due to the um, before the All-Star break. So, unfortunately, AD will not win Player of the Week, but he's Player of the Week in our hearts after a big game on Sunday against the Pistons. Also, the Combine is coming up. Uh, actually, tomorrow, I believe it starts, and our own John DeShazer will head up to Indianapolis along with the New Orleans Saints staff as they will be scouting the best. See how the combine goes, and actually JD will talk with Jeff Ireland, assistant general manager and college scouting director today, talk about what to expect at the combine, what he's looking for, and maybe um, some plans for this offseason. Also, Jim Iconoffer will join me on this Tuesday. It is Tuesday, so he will uh, enter my hotel room. Yeah, it's a little weird to say, but uh, that's where we're coming to you from, uh, the Four Seasons Hotel here in the Georgetown area, Washington, D.C., so Jim will come on talk about tonight's game against the Wizards, AD's big game, and plenty more to come. So hope everyone is safe in the New Orleans area. Um, reports are that the weather is supposed to be bad um, maybe right now and later on today, so hope everyone stays safe. And for those that were planning to attend the Manning's watch party tonight for Pelicans and Wizards, that has been canceled due to the weather, so uh, make sure you hunker down, stay safe. You can catch the game tonight on television, Fox Sports New Orleans and WRNO. Um, is a flagship for the Pelicans. All right, so we got a lot to cover today. Jeff Ireland, GM, assistant GM, college scouting director for the Saints, and Jim Iconoff from Pelicans.com. So enough rambling from me. Let's go right to that. Coming up next, John DeShazer, Jeff Ireland. It's yours next. This is Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Join your New Orleans Pelicans on Thursday, February 25th at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when your Pelicans tip off against All-Stars Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Pelicans Fest starts at 5.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans Dance Team. Limited tickets are still available, so don't miss out on any of the action. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. You owe it to yourself and your home to call Terminix. I'm Vincent Palumbo. Whether you need a lifetime termite damage guarantee or hassle-free pest control service, we do it all. And I'm Ed Martin, Terminix entomologist. We have developed a convenient pest control system where we're scheduled in your home only twice a year. We attack bugs outside where they live. Call 834-7330 for guaranteed control of any pests or termites. Terminix does it all. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Well, welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. I'm John DeShazer, and we are here now. Uh, it's NFL Combine Week, and we are speaking with uh, Saints Assistant General Manager and College Scouting Director Jeff Ireland. Now, last year, Jeff, we were just welcoming you 
to the Saints. And now I guess we have to ask about your acclimation to New Orleans. We know you're a guy who knows something about tropical weather. You've been, you were in Miami for six years at the GM there. But, you know, how's your acclimation to New Orleans been so far? You know, it's been great. Uh, what you find in New Orleans is great people and, uh, and great food. And um, uh, my family and I, we moved down here officially and uh, over the summer and uh, got uh, acclimated to schools and, and such. It's been, a, it's been an outstanding uh, transition for uh, not only myself, but my family as well. You know, it looks like you happen to beat the bad weather out of town, though. <laughs> You're in Indianapolis, and, and it's all about to break loose here in New Orleans today. And they're talking about uh, tornado type winds and, and a lot of rain and so uh, of course you're uh, you're used to that being having been in Miami but uh, you kind of beat it out of town this time well it, it appears I have I, I've never actually uh, seen you know my kids school get you know um, canceled for you know a tornadic uh, activity and uh, apparently this morning my school my kids school was uh, was canceled uh, just because of violent storms in the area that's the first for me yeah, that, we get a little bit. We get a little of that here in, in South Louisiana. But but I guess we'll, we'll transition to football here now. You obviously joined the Saints prior to the Senior Bowl last year, so you didn't have quite as much time, I guess, to dive into the process. So what has it been like for you this off season in terms of, I guess, evaluations and, and the like? Because you joined the team again late, a little bit later last year, but you've had a full season to kind of implement the things that you like. Yeah, you know, this has been a normal year for me uh, in terms of just college scouting, um, you know, obviously getting to know our team, um, getting to know how our coaches coach, uh, the type of things that Sean and Mickey are looking for, and, uh, you know, and, and just getting a feel for the types of people they want in the building, the types of players they want schematically. Uh, so that's gonna, it's been a normal year for me in that regard. Um, Sean and I... Uh, and Nikki, uh, we all share kind of the same desire for the makeup of the person that we want in the building. So that's a fairly uh, seamless transition. Uh, but for me, just being able to get out on the road, uh, see these kids firsthand, uh, like I have for 20 years, uh, it's been a normal process for me. And, um, you know, we just finished up about two weeks of, uh, of meetings and, and, um, you know, we're, 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 we're prepared. Uh, if the draft was tomorrow, I think we'd do a pretty good job. Um, and, um, you know, it's been, it's been good. It's been real good. Thanks. You know, Mickey said you offered some differences, some nuances in terms of scouting. I guess, can you pinpoint those? I mean, is it a process where, I mean, everybody's not a cookie cutter, obviously, and certainly their philosophies might have been a little bit a little bit different from yours. But what are some of the nuances you offer? Because he seems to be a guy who likes a difference of opinion in the room. Well, there's no doubt. Um, you know, look, we come from different uh, parts of, um, of team building. Um, he, pretty much, you know, he's come from the executive side and the salary cap side, and and I come strictly from you know a player personnel side. So you know we just have some, um, we come we, we come together to make one decision, but how we get to that decision may be a little bit uh, different. Um, you know, I cut the board down to uh, a minimal amount of players, where maybe in the past they've had a few more players on the board. Uh, I I want to get down to certain specifics um, of, you know, how how players fit and the vision for what we have for them. And just kind of the way we get to a decision on a player is maybe just a little bit different. And um, that seems to have, um, you know, kind of resonated around the building. And I think Sean enjoys the process. We, we make sure that we say it out loud. We don't just 
um, you know, take a scout's opinion on it. We're, we're all in, involved in the vision for the player. And um, I think that's, you know, carried over to a pretty positive feel about how we, how we go about picking players. You know, you were general manager in Miami for six years. How, how is this role with the Saints different from that role? Or is it, or is it pretty much, is it close to being the same? No, it's completely different. I mean, look, I, 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 whenever you've been in that position, there's a, there's a great appreciation for the kind of executive that Mickey Loomis is, all the things that, uh, that you know that he's dealing with. Until you've been in that position, you don't know all the things that land on a general manager's plate. Um, so the ability to delegate, the ability to make tough decisions, uh, my hat's off to Mickey. He does an outstanding job. My job right now is, is, you know, there's a lot of similarities to certain parts of the year. Um, you know, I ran the meetings in Miami in terms of the scouting process. I ran, you know, February meetings. I was very involved in, in that process. Uh, so that, for me, is, is the same. But my focus on these meetings is, is a lot greater than, than I was able to focus on in Miami just because – but that's, that's my job right now. I'm not the general manager. Mickey is, and and so my focus is 100% on the college draft, um, on finding these players. It's totally, um, you know, in tune with with what we need and the kind of players that we're looking for. And uh, so I, I'm not I'm not focused on the other parts of you know the team that maybe Mickey is, and and because that's not, that's my that's not my job right now. My job is to focus on the draft, and you know I assist in some free agency and I assist in meetings. I sit in all staff meetings, so um, you know it's it is what it is. But but uh, it's a little bit different for sure. Yeah, when when you say you focus on the players, what kind of player makes a Saint? What kinds of draft? What kind of draft pick makes a Saints player? Well, I mean I don't know if I'm the the, you know, the specific person that needs to answer that question. I mean, I don't think that I'm out of place by saying, hey, look, we want big, you know, tough, smart guys, um, you know, for, for our football team. And, um, you know, we just, you know, we want players that we as a collective group have a vision for. Um, and it's not necessarily just, I mean, it's just a specific vision. It's first down, it's third down, it's fourth down. I mean, it's a vision for, you know, every down that a player is going to play, and uh, we got to have we all have to be on the same page about how that player is going to help our football team. And I think that's where um, that's how you cut the, the players down to cut the, the draft board down to a certain amount of players. Because if all of us aren't on the same page, and that maybe that player is not for us, and I think that's where uh, I help the process. Now, Jeff, you and the staff, you guys go to the Senior Bowl also. Now you're at the Combine. Uh, just explain to us, I guess, the differences between the two, the Senior Bowl and the Combine, and obviously it's a collection of information where you can you know, build your, your, your dossier on a player, but is one a little bit you know, more, I guess, helpful than the other, or are they both just you know, pretty much tools that you can use in the evaluation process? I think the latter. They're, they're, they're both tools. Um, the one big, big difference is one one evaluation process is actually playing the game of football, and the other one is actually just running around, you know, doing drills that may mimic, you know, football. Um, that's the that's the biggest difference. Uh, the collection of data is pretty much the same. You're still interviewing players. You're you're going to use the same process that you used the Senior Bowl at the Combine in terms of the mental testing, the test that we'll give the players, um, some of the, 
things we ask them to do at the senior bowl. We're going to ask them some of these kids to do the same thing at the um, at the combine. It's just it's ramped up, you know, times twenty at the combine because we're now we're we got sixty formal interviews. We'll have another hundred players that will that we'll talk to personally from our coaching staff, and um, you know, it's just ramped up. Like I said, times twenty. You know, you mentioned that. Is that pretty much the most valuable part of it, with the, the, the interview process? Because, again, as you said, you know, you, you don't get to see guys in actual football action. I guess you have, you know, you obviously have the film to go off, but not like the Senior Bowl where they're actually going out working against one another. How critical, I guess, does the interview process become at the, at the, at the combine? Well, I can't dominate your, your opinion of the player, but it certainly helps build um, or paint the picture of what it is that you're that you're going to be getting in the door. Uh, I think that's the whole um, the whole thing about these these things, the combine, the senior bowl. It can't dominate your opinion of the player. Uh, it needs to be a piece of the of the equation. Um, the interview is certainly a, a part of it because this is the first time in some cases that we've been able to talk to these players one on one, and in some cases it's going to be for 15 minutes. So we got to do a good job of getting them talking, getting them to you know tell us about themselves really quickly, and then we'll go to the you know the pro day, and that's another process, and then we might bring them into to New Orleans, and that's another part of the process, and um, you know so there's there's still a lot of a lot of work left to do, um, you know to complete the complete the equation. We know what kind of football players they are. We've seen all the tape. We've evaluated all that. Uh, that's why we do that. Uh, you know, leading up to this to the combine, we try to put the draft board together before we get to the combine, so we don't make decisions based on players running around in shorts or players that interview well or interview poorly. So we know what kind of football player they are, and this helps the 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 final picture. Um, in other words, you're just putting color to it in this in this equation. Yeah, are there any positions in this draft that appear to be, I guess, stronger than others? Oh, you know, I mean, I think I think you can look at uh, there's some defensive positions that are strong. Uh, I think there's some, you know, the offensive line looks, you know, strong. Um, you know, I I just think overall this is a pretty deep draft. I know in, in, in certain years I've had you go through the February meetings and you have a certain amount of players on the board, and that's um, you know that and that stays consistent for years on years on years. And yet this year it seemed like I had you know, 20 or 30 more players on the board just from a depth standpoint. So you know that this year's depth is, is probably a little better than uh, maybe in some years. All right, Jeff. Well, that's we're pretty much going to let you out of here on that one now. Uh, I, um, you know, hopefully everything works out well with the family and, and the weather. And, and uh, again, you and the guys are in Indianapolis looking for the next uh, crop wave of Saints rookies. Uh, you know, last year's rookie class, obviously you, you've got to wait a few years before you can really put a, a good value judgment on them. But are you guys pretty pleased with, with, I guess, the contributions they were able to make as rookies and hopefully progressing from there? We are. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, thrilled to, to see what they were able to accomplish. I think you can look um, – pretty much throughout the players that were able to play and see even some, even the players that uh, may have got injured and didn't get the chance to play. I think that the arrow is, is certainly still up on, on all of them. And, um, you know, I'm very pleased with the type of makeup that each of those players brought to the locker room. Um, that was a focus. And, um, you know, whenever you can go in, you know, have one year under your belt and you can still say that, 
that guy's exactly the guy that we thought we were going to bring in the building, that's a good thing because that's not always the case. And I think um, I think the I think we did a good job last year of identifying the type of people we wanted to bring in and identifying the players uh, that we did bring in and knowing exactly what we're going to get. All right, Jeff. Well, we appreciate you joining us here on the Black and Blue Report. Um, and we will be back, ladies and gentlemen, with more from the show. How much do you want to lose this year? 5, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low-calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Pelicans.com and NewOrleansSaints.com, your first stop when following your teams. Welcome back to the show. Time now to preview Pelicans and Wizards. It's Tuesday, which means Jim Eikenhofer joins me here on the Black and Blue Report. A little different setting than normal. It's either Studio B or the Smoothie King Center, but since I'm on the trip, we're here in my hotel room at the Four Seasons Hotel. Jim, uh, glad we can still be on. Yeah, it's always good to, to be with you on Tuesday. These are excellent accommodations. I, As much as I like Studio B in the arena, I mean, this is pretty pretty fancy what you got here. I apologize for the mess, though. That's on me. <laughs> That's okay. No no worries on that. All right, Jim. Well, <clears throat> my first road trip ever. First game. Oh, AD decides to go off for 59 points and 20 rebounds. You were obviously there as well. What was going through your mind and just watching him? Only 8.6 rebounds after the first quarter but then 28 at the half. When did you think this could be an historic day for him? I think it was even during the second quarter when he went off and had a, a bunch of baskets in a row. Um, he's had a, a he's had several games where early in the game you, you you said to yourself, you know what, this could be a huge night for him. And I kind of had that same feeling again on Sunday. But um, you know, he just continued to do it in the second half, and that's why. I mean, it's crazy that he his career high was 43, which he did three times, and then he gets all the way up to 59. But it was just one of those days where – and he was just making everything. So, Just talking to his teammates, they didn't really seem surprised at all that something like this was uh, going to happen. They were kind of more just, this is Anthony Davis, maybe he should have come sooner. So for them, it really wasn't that surprising that AD went off. Right, exactly. And, and I mean, I've been at every game for the last three seasons in person. And I kind of felt the same way. I kind of agreed with what a lot of the guys said that, I mean, you just kind of felt like it was a, just a matter of time. I, I think I said even two years ago or so, you know, man, one of these days he's going to go for 50 or 60. I could see it. I mean, it's he he scores so easily some games that, I mean, he'll get like eight or ten easy baskets that you figure if he's got get those getting those easy baskets that he always gets combined with his jumper being on the way it was Sunday – you can definitely see how he can get up into the 50s the way he did um, the other day. You know, what was crazy, too, is he only made nine free throws. So only nine of his 59 points were um, from the free throw line, which means he was getting it done in the paint, 
from outside. I mean, every every shot, and I think I remember the one shot, the Andre Drummond shot, where he went in his face, and Drummond just kind of waved his arms in the air. Just he wasn't only doing it from, he was basically doing it from everywhere. I should I should say, and that was yeah. kind of the more impressive thing. Yeah, I definitely think that was one unique aspect of of a guy getting into the fifties. I feel like most of the time when a guy has a game like that where he scores that many points that it, it's aided a ton by he might make 16 free throws or 20 free throws or something absurd like that where he gets the line a ton. So to me it was even more impressive the fact that he didn't have to rely on free throws to, to get up to the point total that he had. All right, let's focus on this Pelicans team who has won four of five. They won two of three before the All-Star break and then now two in a row after the All-Star break. Um getting their, just their seventh win of the season, first against the East on the road. What have you seen from this team in the last five games where they've been 4-1? and one? What's been different than maybe previous games earlier in the season? I mean, honestly, I really think that it starts with what we've been talking about where, with Anthony Davis. I mean, I know people criticized him or thought you know early in the season that he wasn't you know put, putting up the same kind of numbers that he put up last year. I know it's a, lo- it's a very lofty standard that he has to meet compared to what the way he played last season. But, I mean, I think he's kind of the starting point for everything. He's been, I think, more aggressive lately. Um, I think really over the last month or two he's played really well. If people looked at his, his numbers closely, maybe people that don't watch this team that much, and they took out the game or two here or there where he was injured, where he had a concussion, and another game where he had to leave early. I mean, it's been very consistent. No, it hasn't. it's not like he's going to score 59 points every game, but if you really look at it, I mean, he's been around 30 – I think he's been over 20 every single game for, you know, a good six-week period other than the games, like I said, where he um, had to leave in the first half with a injury. So, I mean, I think it starts with him. And just overall, I feel like um, the combination of him, Drew, and Ryan, they've come through a lot. I know Ryan didn't, didn't shoot well the, the other day, but Drew's been so consistently good, and Ryan comes up with a lot of 20-point games as well. So it just feels like um, – the team has done a, just forming around those three guys. Those those three guys have, have kind of um, developed a good co- cohesion and good chemistry, and um, you know it's definitely resulting in in better play that they hope will continue over these next um, however many games. Do you think Holiday and Davis are starting to hit their stride together a little bit this season so far? Yeah, I do. I think um, it just Drew's done a really good job of of looking for him, and um, yeah, they I feel like they do have a good connection on the court. Um, and that's another reason why Drew has been just seem has been so consistent. And you always at the end of the game, you always look at his assist numbers, and he always has eight or ten assists. So, um, yeah, I think those guys have have um, have played really well together. Um, I know someone mentioned a stat the other day that that was the most minutes that Drew and and AD have played together this season. So, but I think part part of that was that on Sunday was that AD barely sat. So every almost every minute yeah. that Drew played. He was on the court with AD, so, um, but yeah, it was those two guys have, have definitely been a, a huge factor behind them going four and one in the last five games. Let's talk about tonight's game against the Washington Wizards. Wizards have kind of, I would say, underachieved this year a little bit. A lot of expectations for them after making after making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. What, I guess, what's been what have you noticed from them so far this season? Why have they been underachieving? Yeah, you know, the funny thing about them is I feel like. They've they haven't been great in the regular season really for I mean they've they've won forty something games but they're not that far behind what they usually do it seems like the playoffs is when for some reason they kind of turn it on so 
Um, but I feel like one, of the, just in general, I think one of the one of the problems they've had is that besides John Wall, it doesn't seem like their other supporting guys really consistently play well. I feel like some of their other main guys. I know Beal has had had injuries again this year, and so his he's he's fluctuated a ton as far as whether he's even on the court. And then you know, obviously, if he's not out there, you can't you're not getting the production from him. But it just seems like they don't have that that um, group of guys around Wall that they've had in the past that, that that deliver for them and produce game in and game out. They added Marcus Morris at the trade deadline. How does that maybe change the way they play, or is it just more maybe adding a little depth there at the four? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think they probably look at him as as another guy that can give them some some punch. I feel like. Um, you know they've they've tried to play a faster style with more small lineups this year, so I think that'll that might fit them better. Um, Nene's been good for them in the past, but I feel like he's definitely starting to decline a bit. And so you know to have somebody that can play some of those minutes um, that Markeith Morris will, um, you know I think that was that's that's a good pickup. I'm interested to see how it's going to go. I mean I feel like there's a lot of different opinions about Markeith Morris about how good of a player he is. Um, so. It, it'll be it'll be interesting over the last twenty something games to see how he fits with them and how much of an impact he can make. I might have said Marcus when I asked you the question, but no, it's okay. Mark. It's okay. There's it's, there's we, two of them. This is two Mark. This is two more swins in a row, actually. So. I know I can't keep up. <laughs> so so Markeith is tonight, and Marcus, Marcus plays Sun- for the Pistons. Was Sunday. Yeah. It's been a long road trip. <laughs> almost done. Almost done. Um, Omar Ashik doubtful to play tonight. Um, let's pretend just in case he doesn't go. How does that affect the Pelicans and? Not only a starting lineup, but how they maybe try to attack the uh, the Wizards. Um, I mean, I think you could see more small lineups from the Pelicans' standpoint, where there's not a center out there, or Anthony Davis is playing center. But also, um, I think it it probably most likely will mean that you know Alexia Jinsa will play more, and I think they're preparing as though Kendrick is going Perkins is going to play um, some tonight as well as he did Sunday. So. It's kind of a domino effect that that for both of those guys, where both of those guys, I think, should and and probably will have more of a role tonight because Omer's out and forever, for for however long Omer is out, I think those two guys you'll probably see them. So, all right, that's Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Make sure to follow him on Twitter. Is it at Jim underscore Eichenhofer? Yes, it is. I got it. I got it. Also, keeping uh, locked with him on Pelicans.com throughout the day, game previews, shoot around updates. And uh, plenty more coming from the Verizon Center tonight, 6 o'clock Central Tip. And, of course, you can hear on the Pelicans Radio Network and Fox Sports New Orleans. Okay, when we come back, I'll wrap things up here. From our nation's capital, you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center, Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. 
Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. All right, that'll do it for the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Of course, tomorrow, David Wesley from uh, Fox Sports New Orleans, television analyst, part of a Wesley Wednesday, will be on. And also, we'll check in with John DeShazer from Indianapolis, Indiana, where the Combine will take place starting tomorrow. So lots to get to on tomorrow's show. Hopefully, we will be recapping a Pelicans win against the Wizards. 6 o'clock Central tip, 7 o'clock Eastern. Pelicans warm up on the radio. I'll have it for you from the Verizon Center at 5.30 Central time. And also, don't forget, you can catch the pregame show, Pelicans Live, starting at 5.30 as well on Fox Sports New Orleans. Reminder, no Manning's watch party tonight again due to the inclement weather. Um, Hopefully, everyone stays safe there. Um, not just in New Orleans, but around the country with that better weather coming to the south. All right, so that will do it for us here from Washington, D.C. We'll talk to you tonight on the radio. Until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.